hosting for two blokes talking tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. For two blokes talking tech. I just think technology is awesome. Good advice for anyone who is looking for a laptop. With all the latest news and information about technology. Now that, that's the guy. It's so hard to take a bad photo now with these cameras. I brilliant. think that stuff is just brilliant. It is something that people really need to look at. Two blokes talking tech. Haven't we got the best jobs in the world? We have. We absolutely <laughs> have the best job. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. I love talking technology. And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Do you really need a 10 megapixel camera to take those images? I'd say not. Two blokes talking tech. Embrace those little ideas there. Have a look around and, and ask questions. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And this is the Big 3-0, 30th episode of Two Blokes Talking Tech. I'm Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com and joining me each and every week, the other bloke talking tech, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. Hi, Trevor. Pleasure to be here with you. Episode 30 and all thanks to the good people at Samsung and their smart TVs and Netgear, netgear.com.au. We'll tell you about those companies as the show rolls on, but it's time to talk tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, Trevor, if you're anything like me, and I hear that you are, mm. you uh, you probably get asked 10 times a day, when is the iPhone 5 coming out? I've just come off contract. I want to get the iPhone 5. It's one of those moments and where we kind of think, it wouldn't it be great to get a dollar for every time you're asked that? <laughs> yeah, well, I'd be able to shout you a nice lunch if, uh, if I got a dollar for yeah. every time. I'd probably be able to pay for the than... drinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I've been uh, having a chat to a couple of insiders, uh, a couple of Australian telco insiders mm-hmm. I've been uh, having a conversation with and I've actually uh, I've uh, come up they've, they've suggested a date that uh, they think the iPhone's finally going to come out and that date is October 14 now this is so I've got two separate sources that are pretty well connected in the mm-hmm. Australian telco industry and there's they're uh, they're saying that, that that's the date they're hearing uh, and it seems that they're kind of clearing the decks. All the operators are clearing the decks, waiting for this huge announcement, this the, huge the, product. The, the reason we can put some faith in that now is because it is very close. We're talking three weeks away there. And, and the reason that becomes very valid is because there is a lot that needs to be done. Uh, telcos need to pr- provide uh, space for the for the displays. Uh, they need to put the, the the distribution in place, and more importantly, they need to analyse the stock levels of the existing iPhones. You'll you'll have noticed over the last month, and we talked about it briefly. Uh, Vodafone and Optus have had zero dollar upfront uh, cap plans on the iPhone 3GS. Um, which kind of hints to the fact that that's, that will be discontinued. The 3GS, will, will this is the end of it. Um, yeah. So that what will end up happening, and this is the other big thing, and, and you talked about this on techguide.com.au in your story about this date, that we're going to get a new new iPhone, call it iPhone 5 for now, and we're likely to get an announcement that the iPhone 4, in some way, shape, or form, will be continued as a potentially a low-cost uh, iPhone. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I think that you're exactly right. The iPhone 4 will probably be, uh, I called it in my story, like the an en- the entry-level iPhone now. Mm. Uh, but uh, I think there was some other news that, that we were chatting about earlier about uh, the announcement date as well has sort of kind of been, people are speculating that mm. the announcement will be made on October 4. So that really fits in. Uh, without with without the date that we suggest here, October fourteenth for the launch, which is a Friday. They always do these launches on a Friday, and the fourth, uh, ten days earlier, is use, is a Tuesday. I think is that right? Mm, and I they're, they're, so. they're the days that that 
that Apple normally pick to have their launches. They're very methodical in that regard. So the pieces seem to be falling into place there. These rumours that we've been swirling around for such a long time are finally uh, looks like they're coming to reality. Yeah, and I think, again, speculation, but what we are expecting is, is potentially a, a bigger screen iPhone, a lighter iPhone, and a thinner, perhaps teardrop design iPhone. I think all of that's just you know fun speculation. You know there'll be there'll be some new technology in it, but I think that apart from the design, it would be interesting to to know what what will be the big thing because I don't think design alone and you know bigger screen or anything like that is going to give them the wow factor. It'll be interesting yeah. to see whether this is the the transition device to the to the next one, which will be in a bigger and better. It's probably just going to be faster and those kind of things. Yeah, faster, thinner, lighter. That's normally their yep. their progression, isn't it? But uh, I think that, that, and we'll talk about this later. Sort of the whole NFC, the near field yep. communication. Uh, that 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 might be another ability that that this it turns your the iPhone into your wallet, into your credit card, whatever, however you want to describe that. But uh, well, we'll discuss a little bit. There's a story later. We'll talk about that. But that that's that's one of the many rumors. Larger screen. There's already cases. Companies are already making cases for this device. It's not even out yet, people, yeah. and they're oh. already making cases for it. Oh, I, I, I don't know whether to believe that. I mean, Apple, I don't, they don't normally release the product to case manufacturers early. Um, there, there are some big companies that may get them, but not you know your, your two dollar Chinese factory. So I think a lot of that might be might be pure speculation. But yeah. hey, you know it's that whole thing. In about a month, we'll be able to look back and we'll be able to analyze the rumors and, and whatnot and see how it goes. But look, yeah. the the Apple rumors are continuous, and it will be a daily occurrence from this point on. But what we're suggesting is an October four announcement, which is a Tuesday. I've just checked uh, on my calendar; it is a Tuesday, so uh, that's usually the day where they have those those. Uh, uh, media launches and an October 14 perhaps in store at your local Apple store and, and while we're talking Apple I should say for Sydney uh, or audiences the Hornsby Apple store opens at Westfield Hornsby uh, on Saturday this Saturday the 23rd I think that makes the 24th, it 24th, it's the 24th at 10 a.m. Uh, yep. I'll be there because it's my local uh, oh, they're so, building uh, an Apple store just for mate, you are they? I, I, I wrote to the CEO and to our local counterparts <laughs> and said thank you very much uh, because much time will be wasted at the Hornsby Apple Store, which for residents of the northern parts of Sydney, the Apple Store will be located on the on the level below JB Hi-Fi uh, up in that corner. Ooh, so interesting mm, how that'll work out. Yes, it's it's kind of a good location I think for it. So and and they've it's a big store. It's a very very wide store. Um, takes up kind of two or three normal shop fronts. So well, they're not going to build a small store, are they? It's well, go Bi- big or go home. I think is Bi- Apple's mantra. Bondi's a bit. You know, some of them are narrow. You know, oh, some Bondi's of them are pretty solid store. That's that's pr- larger than all the other stores around it. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. But I'm yeah. I'm talking in terms of you compare Castle Hill to Bondi. You well, know, the maybe width. sort of the office space rental space per per square meter is a little bit cheaper out Hornsby Way. Yeah, if I'm if I'm Apple compared to Bondi, if I'm Apple, I'm not paying rental space. I mean, hello, they probably own the building. That's the, well, the whole thing. The, that, but that, they bring people to the to the building. They should they'd be Absolutely. negotiating well. Anyway, uh, keep up to date with everything happening with Apple at techguide.com.au because Stephen will be updating that regularly as the rumours and the speculation continue. Mate, about, oh, it's got to be a month ago, I had a friend who's in the UK uh, say on Facebook that she was frustrated with this new look and, you know, that where was the top stories and recent stories button gone? Uh, I, I said to her, I read something about a change, but I couldn't tell her how to get away from it or anything like that. Well, I got it today, uh, and it's terribly hard. It's terribly hard yeah. to use. Facebook is, is for a lot of people, 
um, a very regular destination, you know, maybe morning and night on the actual web and, you know, using the mobile. But yeah. when you go there, I got used to the fact that it was showing me what it thought was the top stories and then it would allow me to click the button to say, you know, show me the recent ones. Show, just yeah. show, me the, show me the stream. Well, you don't have that option anymore. You've just got this thing that says kind of recent stories, but I think it's a bit uh, curated. It's, it's very hard very hard to tell um so I, it's taken a lot of people by surprise and there's a lot of people talking about it in, in my facebook feed you know giving suggestions of how to get away from it all these kind of things yeah and, i've seen that too but it's, it's facebook's funny one isn't it like it, it is you mentioned it you're right it is a site that people hold really glad that they are they're on it often and any little change have you heard of a single facebook change that people have liked no not at all i but, haven't now, but, I but, haven't got the Facebook change yet, but I'm aware of what's coming. Uh, I've got a couple of little problems with it, though. They're deciding what your top stories are. Yeah, now, I, I, like I assume that's based on the number of people who, who comment on it, who like it. Is that, is that that's what yeah, I'm Yeah, it's I'm about impressions and, and, and sharing and stuff like that. But, yeah. you know, you can only do so much. An algorithm is yet to replace a human being. And, yeah. and what they've done is that it's going Twitter-like. They're, they're putting a live feed in the right-hand side of the column. Yeah, they uh, call that the ticker. Yeah, and and it's it's good because you roll. Got any ticker? You roll your mouse over that ticker, and you can see the whole you know photo and whatnot. Uh, It's good, but it's just going to take some time to get used to. And I guess you know, as a Twitter user as well, the ticker is just so Twitterish. And and yeah, it's an interesting change. I understand they have to make changes, and I understand it's hard to roll them out. But by goodness, they can uh, they can attract some negative publicity, can't they? I know they can. And you know what? I can understand though why they're making those changes because mm. I think they described it as like for people it, it suits the both types of Facebook users there's the person who's on Facebook often yep and there's the person who uses Facebook not that often yes so every few days or weeks or whatever now I find that it, Facebook works that you, you, you put a status you update your status or whatever you do and as that flows down your news feed in an hour it's gone yeah now if something really interesting has happened amongst all your friends and all your friends have liked something I can see now how Top Story will think, oh, hang on a minute, all your mates commented on this, let's put it back up the top of your news feed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's kind of going to disrupt the whole flow of it, but I can see the, the positives of that. Uh, I just think it's, it's a little bit in your face. I, I, I think if it let, let it flow through, yep. the ticker, I think, is what's going to, the ticker is going to sort of represent that more of like the old news feed, the instant yep. updates and feedback. So interesting how... They've approached it. They say they've been working on it for some time, but like I said, no one's ever liked the changes to Facebook. They just come no. to accept them after a while. I'll wrap it up with a couple of things. I think, uh, and I'll be conspiracy theorist, I think the drawing your eye to the right-hand side with the, with the ticker feed is going to bring you more close to the ads as well, which is important for them yeah. to grow that. And secondly, they've also um, launched subtly a subscribe function. So instead of having to, with a personality, for example, um, instead of having to like them as a friend or for that person have to set up a special page for themselves, you People can actually just subscribe to their feed. So a little bit more Twitter-like, and I think that'll take over in, in terms of celebrities. There is a lot of analytics. Maybe we'll talk about this um, in the coming weeks. Uh, you know, Facebook does provide better click-throughs, better stats, better better uh, sharing of content, uh, in my experience, and I've seen some other examples. So, look, the other ones have got a long way to go. Facebook are just trying to stay at the front of the pack. It's interesting to watch. We'll have to um, see how people react. But uh, everyone that's whinging about it, don't bother because it won't be changing anytime soon. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.
And we do it all thanks to Samsung and Netgear. And I just want to tell you tonight, uh, Netgear just sent me the uh, range extender, the WN3000RP. When the range extenders first came out a little while ago, Netgear do everything for your home, your business, and your networking. And if you've got a wireless network, sometimes at the other end of the house or upstairs, you've got a little bit of a dead spot. They, they started making these range extenders, which looks like routers, and you plug them in and they, they do this connection. Well, that in in less than a year the range extenders are now just a little like a double adapter size thing you plug into the wall and i kid you not i did this earlier just before we recorded went upstairs plugged it in came downstairs pressed a button on the router went back upstairs pressed a button on the device two minutes later i turn on the ipad connected to the new network that was upstairs and i've got full coverage upstairs so basically it creates a second wireless network which is extending your existing one for those dead spots in your house i think it's a fantastic little product so check it out if you if you've got a dead spot in your house or your business look for the uh, netgear universal wi-fi range extender this is the um, wn 3000 rp version which is the plug and play into your wall socket very interesting stuff and uh, that's what netgear do they bring your network into your home and they bring your network to your devices no matter what the device an ipad or an iphone or any or any smartphone or your tv or your foxtel any device that that wants the internet can get the internet with a netgear device and you can find out more at netgear.com.au Now, last week, I was uh, fortunate enough to travel to Tokyo, Junkers. courtesy of uh, <laughs> courtesy of our good friends at Sony. Now, Sony, uh, based in Shinagawa in Tokyo, uh, was uh, the event was at their head office in Shinagawa, which was pretty cool. Uh, and it, well, we were there to see their new in-ear headphones, their XBA range okay. of headphones. Now, nice. XBA is short for Experience Balanced Armature. Now, balanced armature are their drivers mm. that are contained within these new in-ear headphones. And just to explain it really quickly, the balanced armature drivers are, are really tiny, and that what they do is they, they create full range, tweeter, subwoofer effects, so that it's kind of like having a, a one, two, three, and four, or a four-way speaker in your ear, so that provides excellent audio output and i had i had a try we had a, a trial uh with them i connected it to my to my iphone was listening to my music that i know you, the music i'm used to listening yeah. to and it did sound i could hear the difference oh look it's it's a funny thing you, you've really got a um it, the problem with in-ear earphones is people find them hard to test because you, you don't want to share them around because you feel like yeah. you're getting earwax from everyone else but it is one of those things that you've got to try to understand the benefit now there are so many different types now, but if you're one of those people like me who when you get your iPhone, you stick the things in and they, they fall out when you walk at a pace, let alone just you know get out of bed or something, you just don't have the ears that, that let the, the, the earbuds sit in your ear. The in-ear ones straight away offer an amazing push of quality. And what Sony doing with the technology inside these things? You know, we talk about microchips on computers and stuff. The size of this technology is just stunning. Absolutely, and the good thing about it too is that they they realise that, that there are different levels of, of audio files. That there are some who just want a pair of headphones to listen to. That that'll be your person who buys the single balanced armature. Yep. But then up the other end of the scale, there's your real audio files for people who really really enjoy listening to their music. They enjoy the quality of their music, and then there's the four way version. There's also they've even come up with part of this range a noise cancellation set of earphones. So mm. and it's the first in the world to have usually to, to uh, have the noise cancellation working it's an electronic process and then it used to be a box 
on the on the cord but because the balanced armature drivers have created all this extra space within the earpiece mm. they've been able to put all that technology inside the earpiece so there's no it's the world's first boxless noise cancellation wow. in ear headphones so what about power where does it draw the line. power from well, it, it, there, there is a rechargeable battery within the earpiece Jesus. that you connect. That it comes with a little USB dongle that you connect to your PC. You connect your the earphone, the, the headphone jack to the USB as well, and it draws power and charges it through the cord. So Fantastic. very clever. And there's a little on-off switch on the cord as well. So you can turn that on and off uh, as you please. But really impressive how they fit all that into that such a small head earpiece. Very nice stuff. And you can read more about those at techguide.com.au Now these days are well behind you mate you're you're an old stage with a very very smart and grown up children I though have a four, four and a bit year old I have a one and a tiny bit year old and I have one that is just about to pop any minute now and these baby monitors are a really difficult thing the first time we when we had Jackson this is you know 5 years ago we went and bought the you know latest and greatest for you know sensors and and sound um, about a year ago, I t- less than a year ago, I tested a Philips um, video monitor system, which was cool. I've had baby monitors on the iPhone, but you've come across another one, which is uh, only 99 cents. Yeah, this is a handy little app. It's called, for obvious reasons, it's called Baby Video Monitor. And what it is, it's a 99 cent app that you only need to download once. And what it does, it turns two of your iOS devices, so say, for example, an iPad, an mm-hmm. iPod, or, or an iPhone, uh, you can download it onto one and then share it with the other devices. Mm-hmm. And what it does, you choose, you, you, you click on the app, choose which device you want to be the baby unit, so the yep. unit that you place near the baby, and then there's the mother unit. of uh, that, That's the, the unit that you keep to in the monitoring area, so away from where the baby's sleeping. Nothing now, sexist about just, that then. No, I was just thinking that. Well, <laughs> if the father's using it, hopefully they won't be offended, but at this price, they'll probably accept that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it uh, just uses the camera in whatever device you choose. I'd suggest maybe putting the iPad or the iPod near the baby because I think if you leave I haven't tested it to test it if, if you get a phone call oh, what good you point. near the baby and you get a phone call and this is the thing you could um, you, could, you could use the, the kids iPod touch or anything like that so yeah. look you know not a lot of people have both devices the iPad and the iPhone but look, frankly most people with an iPad have an iPhone somewhere around um, but, but even if you don't have a second device hmm. there's a handy little feature that say you just place your, say you've only got an like say you've got an iPod touch or whatever mm-hmm. You can then set it so that you can set a phone number so that whenever it will have this, I have to be go go from an iPhone. It's you can set a phone number so that you get a text or an alert whenever that hears any noise or hears a sound in the other room. So that's only if you got one. But uh, listen, with my kids, set up if you got two. With my kids, that's going to cost me a lot of money in text messages. <laughs> Maybe the iPhone, they'll be, they'll be so fascinated by the iPhone or the iPad next to the bed, they won't want to go to sleep. So Interesting stuff. Because as, as I said, I've had, in fact, I've got a baby monitor on the iPad and iPhone at the moment, but it's an audio one, which works great. But, uh, and, you know, completely uh, selfish solution. But I'm sitting down in a man cave right now. My wife's out at the movies. Uh, I've got two kids asleep upstairs. It's okay at this time, but if I was here in a few hours, it's the kind of time where they're waking up. Perfect. I can have the iPad on, the camera there. Perfect stuff. So, if and for ninety nine cents, you're kidding yourself. So, uh, nice stuff. Uh, baby video monitor, and again, more about that at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long 
and Stephen Fennick. As we mentioned, Two Blokes Talking Tech is brought to you by Netgear and our good friends at Samsung, Samsung Smart TV, to bring you closer to the future of TVs. Now, our TV is kind of like our smartphone nowadays. It's a connected device that you can use to download apps. Mm. There's a huge selection of apps now. They're growing day by day, week by week, all different categories, games, sport, info, uh, and they're growing all the time. Your viewing experience has changed. You can even use this device if to surf, surf the web, the biggest browser you'll ever see on one of these big Samsung smart TVs. Websites look great. They've got flash. Uh, they look terrific. But you can also even use it to get up, get up updated on your social networks. You can be tweeting, Facebooking during your favorite programs, as we often do, Trevor. Absolutely. Uh, and but but it's also apart from it being smart and this connected device that can access also access content, it can it's also a 3D TV. So 3D content there might not be a lot out there. You might not want to buy the latest movies on Blu-ray in 3D. But the good thing about this is you can go 2D to 3D conversion. So you can flick it on and watch your favourite programs, your sport, all your favourite stuff, your DVDs. Uh, it converted on the fly 2D to 3D. So really good experience. The range is available now. There's LED, plasma, LCD models, uh, and all, all their more information, you can head to samsung.com.au slash TV. Sony Ericsson have been a bit busy. They've come up with another handset. Now, I think mm-hmm. the last one we spoke about was the... So I think there was a Sony Xperia Play. We've, we've spoken about the, the Sony Arc. Xperia Arc. Nice, fun. now they've come up with another one called the Sony Ericsson Xperia Ray. Now, I don't know where, if it's named after a guy that works there called Ray or is it as a ray of light? I'm Play, not sure Arc, thing. Ray, Stingray. Is it, is it shaped like a Stingray, perhaps? No, it's not, actually. It's, oh. it's a smaller device. I've had it since yesterday. I, I quite like it. Now, the, the, as... As we know, many of the smartphones that are out there today, it's kind of a try to fit the biggest screen you could possibly you possibly can on the mm. thing, 4.3 <laughs> inches. This has kind of gone the opposite way. This is thinking, look, we're going to give you all the smarts, the speed, and all those features, but we're going to put this in a little slightly more compact design. And it is, it, it's really, it, it harks back to the mobile phones of two, three years ago in terms of screen size. But the good news is it's got the same fast processors as the uh, as we find on the Arc. Uh, and there's lots of technology built in. There's even direct connections to your favorite music, your favorite curiosity <laughs> named a little service there. So you can even download movies, listen to your stream, your music to the device. So it's a not a bad little product. I, um, I mean, they've done some really nice tiny devices in the past. Was it the X11 Mini, that little tiny? It was actually a X11 really... X11 or X10. X10 yeah, I, I can't remember. It was a really, it was a really tiny little thing as a, as a um, Android device. So I, and I like the idea that they've, they've gone for something in different sizes because we've got to remember that... Uh, and I had this question again tonight on the radio. Uh, you know, we're going to get a new iPhone every year. Of course we are because we need more, lots of phones on the market because there's millions of people buying the bloody things. You know, and when you walk into a you know a Virgin mobile store, let alone Vodafone, Optus, or Telstra, there are phones everywhere, and so it's a smart move to have different sizes, different shapes. And I harp back to, and I keep reminding Sony of this: what they said to you and I when they launched the Play, we want to be the leader in Android. Now that's a well, that, big call. 
they did actually. I did have a briefing, sort of. I chatted to the guys from Sony Ericsson about the device, and they they did actually touch on that again. And they still have that ambition, and they've actually achieved it in 16 countries around the world. They pointed out that they are the number one Android device, so they're on their way. But just a little bit more about the device itself. It's going to be available from uh, exclusively on the Vodafone network at the end of September. Uh, they've got a three-month exclusive period with that, so. Early next year, I think it'll be open to the other to the other operators. I think you can get it on a pretty attractive plan, like five dollars uh, on a twenty-nine dollar a month plan. Uh, I think there's also going to be zero dollars up front. I think on a forty-five dollar infinite plan. But uh, it's got some. It's got a really good, a really excellent camera. Our camera's been updated. It uses the Sony CyberShot technology. That's the beauty of the Sony Ericsson products. They can call in all the technology from all the different parts of the company, including the Bravi exactly. engine, to sort of ren- render the uh, the screen. Yeah, it has got a decent battery, but it's uh, you can access all that content, as I mentioned, too. It's also got a Facebook uh, integration where all your photos that you share on Facebook are also part of your photos on the phone. So it has that integration as well. So, you know, it's, uh, it's also going to have it easier to share your content on DLNA, which is wirelessly amongst your other devices in your home, as well as over 3G to your other friends. The Sony Xperia Ray. Uh, good old Ray. Uh, I look forward to checking it out myself, but there'll be full details at Tech guide.com.au Two Blokes Talking Tech You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long you know, we've got five minutes left, but uh, a couple of things to run through. The the Google Wallet. I just want to talk about this because it's it's kind of being uh, very close to, to being announced and used in the US. Uh, they're starting off. This is basically, if you've seen all these ads for the Visa PayWave, PayPass and MasterCard PayWave, all these different touch-and-go payment systems, yep. Google are trying to jump into that market by saying any phone that has an NFC, the near-field communications chip built into it, and don't forget the... The BlackBerry 9900. There's there's plenty of Android phones and the rumored Nexus, to be the next Nexus S does it too. The the next iPhone is rumored to have it. All these yeah. devices will have this chip in them, but the chip's useless. The BlackBerry 9900 is useless without some sort of layer, some software layer that says here's how to use it and here's my credit card details. So the Google Wallet is essentially that. It's a way of storing your credit card, your loyalty cards, and potentially also um you know. Uh, transport passes, so your bus pass and things like that, in your phone, so you literally don't need a wallet. Um, they're, they're coming to market, I guess, first in a sense, uh, as a software operator to provide the service because they want to be the leader in this. Uh, they've, uh, they've, they've paired up with City City Bank, so the City MasterCard, and they've also done a thing where in the, in the States you can have a, a prepaid um, uh, card, MasterCard, with Google, so you just say, here's Google, 50 bucks, put it on a card, and you just swipe your, swipe your phone. I think it's this really exciting Exciting technology, time, wasn't it, Trevor? This was always going to come, wasn't it? Absolutely, and and but I keep saying, and I sound like a complete narc, but my, I think it's great. <laughs> but I only want it to happen if it allows me to choose to put a password in. I I want to I want to say I want to stand in the queue at the Seven Eleven, waiting to buy my, my my drink and my chocolate, and I want to go. I'm going to use NFC here, and I open the app, and I want to type in my password and then swipe it, so that I know that if my phone gets stolen, all my details are safe. I think that's the best thing they that's can do, cool. the most secure thing they can do. So worth checking out. Um, and there is a video, uh, an introductory video at google.com forward slash wallet. But, mate, oh, I think I'm with you. It, it's inevitable, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think, well, well, that's one thing that I think people are more uncomfortable when they forget their phone rather than forgetting their wallet. So mm. people are going to want to, if they're going to have their mobile with them all the time, I think this is a uh, long time coming, a great idea, and it's going to be here sooner than we think. Stay tuned for the Google Wallet. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long. 
Now, very quickly, Trevor, Virgin Mobile have released some interesting research. Uh, I, I quite like the way Virgin Mobile released their information. They chose to release this information about the high cost of voicemail. Now, Virgin, as we know, don't charge for voicemail on any plan. So you can access your voicemail and your messages for free. But Virgin chose to reveal the uh, the results of this research on International Talk Like a Pirate Day. So uh, they, they sort of think that we're giving away a treasure chest. Of riches, they're ripping us off this gold and silver, all these other telcos, and there's some of the, some of their information that was very compelling because it says on average, thirty three dollars of our mobile credit per month is uh, is used to access voicemail what? and free voicemail, and Virgin have free voicemail and retrieval, but other their competitors are charging up to a dollar thirty six to listen to each message, mm. which on a small plan that's quite a lot. It's ridiculous, and it is. Um, it's one of those, and I think it's wonderful that telcos want to make money, but we're, we're, we're wise to what's going on here, and this is the thing. The more we expose and talk about these things, the more, frankly, elder big guys are going to have to say, okay, well, it's not really costing us anything to give you the voicemail. Well, um, they're making $385 million a year for voicemail, so that's pretty solid, but good on Virgin Mobile for putting the heat on the other telcos. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm using the Red Bull Mobile at the moment, and it's there's no concern about that because it's one of those ones that's just everything included, and they say, they say, they don't say unlimited, they say everything included, so yeah. voicemail, one three hundred is and everything, so you've got to look for people like Virgin and, and all the others that are providing different levels of service and weigh them up for, for the balance of what it is you're using your phone for. It's the critical thing. People have got to analyze their plan before they switch. We did a story on a current affair tonight about that. People Absolutely. don't bother switching. I was sitting there recording this story for a current affair and the camera hadn't started rolling. The cameraman, I said to him, what are you paying? He goes, $150 a month. I said, $150 a month? <laughs> what are you? I said, what are you, Brendan Wood from, Wood from Media Week? <laughs> I mean... Fair income. I've, only, I've met two people in the last two years, but it's, it's, if that's a percentage of population, it's, it's still going to be high. That are well, spending. Pay for its voicemail. It's just ridiculous. How do you spend 150 that's... when you can get unlimited for 40 or 50? Yeah, well, I'm on a plan. I'm on a 99 dollar unlimited plan, uh, all you can eat plan. I bring my own device, but uh, all my voicemail, everything's included. But boy, 150 a month. That's Crazy stuff. So anyway, check it out. Have a search online for the Virgin Mobile Voicemail Expose. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, just to be clear here, I don't bring my mecha discussions to the top of the show like we did last <laughs> week with Star Wars, just to round out the end of the yeah, show. Yeah, thank here. you for indulging me last uh, week, Trevor. Yeah. And I offered to indulge you with this one as well. The, we're, yeah, and at the end of the show, yeah, no worries. Uh, <laughs> everyone knows I'm a Formula One nut. I love it. Uh, F1 2010 was a, just a wonderful simulation game that came out this time last year. Yeah. Um, they, they, it just improved in leaps and bounds from where it was before. Well, F1 2011 is out September 22, which, as of recording, is tomorrow. So Thursday, September 22, it's available. Uh, Xbox, PlayStation 3. You count down the date. Has that been circled in your calendar that day? Listen, I, I, you know what's funny? I, I, I must have dropped <laughs> off the list for this thing, right? So I've sent uh. an email today and said, by the way, when's that out? And he's gone, oh, tomorrow. <laughs> I've gone, oh, oh, yeah, no worries. So, mate, I will have this in my hand tomorrow. I will rush home from work to give this a whirl on the uh, on the, so on the PlayStation can ask, 3. Yep. Can I ask a question, mate? Mm. Like, are you, do you sort of start at the start, like go begin a new season and sort of choose a driver, or how do you play this? Do you oh, go race for race, or I do you like, play 
I like to I like to start a season just to understand how the game works. But honestly, yeah. I don't have enough time. So normally, I just go look. I've got half an hour. I'm going to go. I'll pick a good track that I like. I normally always drive a Red Bull because I'm just such a fan. And <laughs> and I just I spend a bit of time on the setup. So I do love doing the practice and things to get myself really going. And then what's I just your favourite track? Love mate? a good race. Really, I love really Melbourne. Like I love Melbourne because I know it like yeah. the back of my hand. I can drive that thing blindfolded. I love that track. I anyway. think you should say that to the sponsors of next year's Formula One and see if you can get around with a blindfold. That'd Interesting. I'm a more Nurburgring fan myself. That's a pretty easy track to drive, that one. Yeah, well, let's not get started. Nurburgring, mate, we need to do a bit of Nurburgring Nordschleife uh, on the uh, Gran Turismo because that's an eight-minute course, mate. That's where you got to, That's where you learn your driving yeah. Did skills. Did I tell you I'm off to Singapore to see the night Formula One? You're no, not, I'm just joking. Right. not do that to you. Oh, I'm sorry. There seems to be some problem with the line. Uh, this is Two Blokes Talking Tech. I'll, uh, I'll obviously talk more and more about Formula One 2011 <laughs> after I've played it. Uh, two Blokes Talking Tech, Episode 30. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. I'm Trevor Long with yourtechlife.com. You can uh, read all about everything that Stephen Finnick gets up to, including the junkets he goes on, at techguide.com.au. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Thank you, everyone. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Finnick.